Wow, right? Who was jamming to that? I was definitely jamming. I'm just saying. I was definitely jamming to that. It's October 27, 2020, and I'm skipping Halloween. And um, it's uh, it was uh, busy. Like I said, the news were going to happen. They're going to fall on lap today. Obviously, they passed uh, you know, the vote around and, and made it happen. What happened with Murkowski? I mean, pff, Alaska, what you doing? Everybody, what you doing? So... We got Amy Coney Barrett confirmed last night. She was uh, sworn in uh, by Justice Thomas. And today in a secret private meeting, will Chief Justice of the Supreme Court Roberts um, swear her in? Pretty weird. Secret? Mm-hmm. So there is a lot uh, happening a lot. And by the end of this week, there'll be more. There'll be some announcements, some crazy ideas uh, that are going to be out there. <laughs> what? Um, but we'll talk about a little bit about it today. Uh, where to start today? Do we start with the confirmation? I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. There was no way it wasn't going to happen. Because uh, there are a lot of people that want to get reelected and a lot of people that want to save their asses right now that are Republicans sitting in the Senate. Many of them will just not run again in 2022 and keep their head down and just vote with whatever the president wants. Uh, and that's in hopes that they get away with everything. But some weird stuff uh, happened. Well, to me today, I was sent an article, which is really bizarre. And I want you guys to, 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 to kind of see this with me in a sense, because I was a little bit shocked. So in our nation, our nation, we are supposed to have speedy trials. Now, for me, putting off, you know, where, you know, as victims, you go and you say things, right? It puts off the inevitable. But I just noticed that in the state of North Dakota, the judge just said that any jury trials that are supposed to be done are, you know, until Christmas are off the table. Like it's not happening. And they'll be doing some things via Zoom, like misdemeanors and stuff like that. But the crimes, they're putting it on the shelf until December. And it's like, all right, um, that judge actually put the verbiage excluded from the speedy, like those cases are excluded from speedy trial. So the question I have, okay, not saying for me, considering that there's someone that um, deserves to be in jail, you know, for, for me and punished. I still, you know, I have to stand by what my constitution says. And I'm a little bit, what? Wait, don't we have the right to a speedy trial? Yes. So what judge excludes certain cases from that, you know, right? For me, the perpetrator has been behind bars since December of 2019. That means they've spent a whole year in, in jail and they've not had a trial, which is okay, whatever. 
But again, this is North Dakota, or shall we call it China, mini China, mini China, 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 tiny China, tiny China. So for me, it's like, all right, uh, the more jail time, the better. But on the other hand, aside from that one person, there's tons of other people that are there too, that are American citizens too, and should be afforded the right to speedy trial. So it was, um, it took me back a little bit reading that they're excluded as being considered that of a speedy trial. Um, hold on, let me pull that article up for you guys. So you can see it yourself, which was really for me it was bizarre and uh for those of you listening to the podcast apparently stitcher has removed me too no one told me anything on that so i'm off stitcher and spotify how weird but um let me share this because you know we live in america and here it says all federal let me zoom in okay so it says all federal jury trials continued until the end of November. So it says uh, in order in an order issued by the U.S. District Court of North Dakota, all federal jury trials scheduled to start between October 27th and November 30th are continued immediately. The order signed by Chief Judge Pete Welt is said to protect public health and reduce the size of public gathering. The order reads, now listen to this. The court of its own motion finds that the time of the continuances implemented by this order will be excluded under the Speedy Trial Act. What? And he says that he's authorized the use of video and telephone conferencing for a variety of hearings, including detention, initial preliminary, waivers of indictment, arraignments, probation, revocations, pretrial release, revocation, misdemeanor pleas, and sentencings. The emergency conditions will remain into effect until Christmas unless terminated earlier. So this is, for me, for me, this is a little bit bizarre. Ooh, look, the order is not found. What? Wait a minute. What happened here? Hmm. Who took it down? See, from look, I'm I'm all about, you know, criminals getting their time. I am. But this is the United States of America and we are afforded speedy trials. So, wow, you guys see it, right? Got it on video that <sighs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Super wow. But the thing is, he made the decision that excludes cases from the Speedy Trial Act. That's that's a big power. I just want you guys to understand that. That is a massive big power that these judges have. This is why I've said the judiciary arm of the government is the most corrupt. They could do whatever they want. Now, the state of North Dakota is corrupt as they come. The most corrupt. But this, for me, seems to be like, wait a minute, can the judge really do that? Can the judge really decide what is excluded, uh, you know, just because they can? You know, I, I am saying <laughs> no matter how much I want bad, bad people to rot in a rotating jail while they await their fate to go to prison, federal prison, 
This is nuts. Okay. A judge shouldn't be able to do that. So I don't know, maybe this is why it was removed. This is completely unconstitutional. I mean, for me, the person in question is not an American citizen, but a resident alien. So, you know, but I'm saying in general, this should not be happening in the United States of America. And again, hence why I say, you know, as a targeted individual, (laughs) you know, the judges that helped perpetuate the harassment, because that's what was done to me by elected officials. These are this is the judicial system. Okay. Justices, judges, they should not be doing these kind of things. They can't just do whatever they want. And remember, I've told you the only reason that North Dakota is so corrupt is because the size of it, I want you to imagine it. It's the size, uh, I know, square footage, let's say, it would be Greece, the whole country of Greece, and about two, about a third. So it's bigger than the whole country of Greece, yet they only have 700,000 people that live there, and most of them miserable. They hate people from other states. They hate, you know, anything that's different, and, you know, that's it. But I think it's more that they've been accustomed like that and trained like that, not because they're mean people, but because they've been trained like that, because how else are you going to pilot drones? You know, it's the only state that actually has laws that allow them to use drones for policing. That Senator Hoven, a rhino in the Senate, was the one that pushed, and he invested a lot in these drones, too. By the way, he also invested a lot in medical technology, I'm just saying, ventilators anyone yeah he did that like a year and a half ago so this was right before covid also happens the same governor of north dakota doug burgum brought bill gates to a governor's meeting in november of 2019 where they discussed pandemics and their readiness wait there's more uh remember it was north dakota that created this contact tracing app because remember the governor of north dakota sold his business to bill gates they're really really good friends the governor of north dakota also owns half if not a little bit more than half of the actual city of fargo (laughs) wait there's more their secretary of state has been office has been in office for over 28 years 28 years their attorney general over 20 by the way their attorney general had a first wife she's It's odd. Lady with blue hair. Yeah. And then the second wife filed a case against him for assailing a minor from what I know, allegedly. But that was destroyed. And then he went to some random city called Devil's Lake, where it's the heart and soul of all these farm parties they have. And that's where he, on his own, filed for his second divorce. After that divorce, his wife was given, his ex-wife was given a nice position at the university Uh, Is it UND or is it? Yeah, I think it's UND where she sits nicely um, just doing admin stuff. And she's got that job forever. And now he's married to a third lady. I mean, 
we all know they're way too old for his taste. You know what I'm saying? So this is it. Oh, and that's the state where in 2016, December 31st, 2016, the U.S. Marshal of the state of North Dakota resigned in the middle of the night, whereas a couple weeks before him, his deputy U.S. Marshal of North Dakota was actually sentenced to a few years in jail for, I don't know, kitty diddling. So this is one of the most corrupt states. And I mean, of course it's corrupt. Look at the judges. They just decide and do what they want. Uh, again, you have to look at the flag to see why they are considered the uh, testing ground for all corrupt software practices, tracing the whole nine yards. Um, this is the state where the attorney general had actually signed an agreement with David Cuthbertson of the FBI, wrote his own regulations, created his own in, you know, group of, listen to this, of justices and attorneys, uh, U.S. attorneys, uh, well, no, district attorneys, sorry, their DAs, where they sit and talk about criminal cases they have. Like, dude, you can't do that. That's like a conflict of interest where they get on a phone call every month and they talk about it. And not only that, little to known, not a lot of people know, but the reservations in North Dakota that are massive, especially the ones like Turtle Mountain, you know, up north uh, toward Canada, they have some cray-cray agreements with the United Nations. And for some insane reason, the governor of North Dakota has given easement to foreign entities entering his nation, our nation, well, his nation, as he calls it, see, slip, because they're just independent. They do what they want. They don't really care. So the Canadian border up that way is uh, has, he's provided an easement to the United Nations to enter and complete exercises. I wonder if he has the Chinese too. Hmm? So this is a very big deal. But for me, I wanted to showcase how a judge can decide who the law applies to and who doesn't. This is crazy. So I wanted, yeah, North of China. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, and it's really sad because uh, the people there... I, I want to say they're really good people. They're hardworking. Uh, you know, they have their farms. They, you know, they're a little bit catty, but that's what happens in like small areas. Some people think their shit doesn't stink. Other people, you know, just go about their lives and bow down to those that have the property and the farms. That's the way it works. It's like, it's a really ugly dynamic. I actually read the story where this couple like sold everything they had. I think it was from Florida or Georgia to move up to North Dakota, I swear, because they wanted the country life. So they sold everything and then they went there and they opened up a cafe, but because they were outsiders, nobody was shopping there. They made them go broke and they ran them out of the city. I mean, if you Google it, you'll, you'll, you'll find that story. I, I don't remember the couple, but if I find it, I'll put it on the Tory says chat and telegram. Uh, it was like the most horrific thing I've ever seen on top of that, a mayor that, um, in some city, city, you know, is relative. I call them villages because it's like 500, a thousand people. You know what I mean? But anyway, the mayor 
was trying to fix corruption from his chief of police to the school boards to everything. And he was elected. He got in there. They harassed his kids, his wife. They ran him out of town. They were bullying the crap out of him because he didn't want corruption. Like, this is how they operate. And that's okay. That's because they're all minions of the big people that have been off in office for 20 plus years, right? Um, this is how they operate. It's pretty bad. Now, they do have, uh, everyone's writing in Michael coachman for governor in North Dakota um, because, you know, he's a veteran. He's, 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 he's a solid character, very stoic um, in their house and, and, and Senate locally. They only have like two, three people that actually speak. All the others are on the take there. It's disgusting. So anyway, regardless of how dirty, dirty, dirty the state is, we need to look at how dirty, dirty, dirty the judicial system is. And I say this because, you know, the Supreme Court isn't any different. Politics play. And even though people believe that, you know, there's no, um, there's no, you know, funny business, it's bullshit. So I, I, and I'll give you an example about, you know, Millie Weaver's judge. I mean, she was pissed. Look, let me tell you something. Her case was completely political. She's on a list. They targeted her. They thought, and we're going to talk about that. See, we're going to talk about something that's my expertise, and that's games. I love games. Games, games, games. All the games. <laughs> we're going to talk about that today. Super games. So the judges are the, the last frontier when it comes to the law, when it comes to our constitution, and they're supposed to be objective in enforcing it and keeping it up, right? Well, here is just an example of how they, it's like, a, there's, a, there's a saying that my grandma used to tell me. She was like, you're riding the pole, meaning like, a, you know how you ride a horse and you like get on the horse's back and you ride? She says, you're riding a pole. And she goes, be careful because if the pole slips, it'll go up your butt. That is what they're doing. They're riding a pole. It's only a matter of time before it goes up their butt right? And skewers them. So this is what we see. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a saying, you're not really writing a poll. Okay. I just want to make that clear because when I was being cheeky to my grandma, she used to be like, Oh, you're writing the poll. Be careful. You know, it doesn't go in your butt. So this is what they're doing. They're writing the poll and it's about time that that poll slips and goes up their butt because people should be standing up for things like this is this is horrible. So speaking of horrible, <laughs> uh, Rick Renau made it very clear that the intelligence community doesn't have the right to cover up mistakes or crimes, let's say. And we're going to talk about this a little bit because it's very, very important. I want you guys to hear what he had to say. Uh, I actually I like him a lot. Not not so much because, you know, he has a nice satchel and a great smile and he looks super, he's like that friend that's like a little bit bitchy, right? Um, but he, um, he's objective. That's what I love. That is what I love the most. He's objective. 
And that's what matters. Objective. Objectivity. To be impartial and remove yourself. Here's his interview. Administration officials tell Fox that President Trump is looking to fire FBI Director Christopher Wray. President Trump may make that move, those sources say, when he wins re-election next Tuesday. Joining us tonight is Rick Grinnell, former acting director of national intelligence, former U.S. ambassador to Germany, a great American, and as I have said uh, more than once on this broadcast, one of the finest public servants the country has ever had. Uh, Rick, good to have you with us. I want to start sir. with uh, the CIA. Uh, the CIA, it seems, uh, insisting on blocking the release of Devin Nunes' intelligence report from 2017 at any cost. Uh, your, your thoughts about that tonight? Look, we've had a number of the intelligence agencies not recognize the importance of transparency. Uh, this is a, a real problem. It goes um, across all of the intelligence agencies who overclassify and continue to manipulate the process, pretending like somehow sources or methods are being given away. And I can assure you that that is not happening. I, I had lots of fights with intelligence officials and leaders uh, where they were trying mm -hmm. to explain to me why certain information was uh, either a source or a method in how we developed a source. And I would, I would really push back hard and say, that's not the case at all. What the case is, is that you're covering up internal mistakes of the department. And you don't have a right to do that. This is not an exercise in trying to protect the reputation of different agencies. We have a crisis in this country with intelligence agencies. And if we're going to fix it, the American people need to have a faith in their system. And the faith starts by admitting mistakes and coming clean and saying, we, we erred and we're going to fix this. Yeah, I think in this instance, Rick, and I, I think you would agree with me, uh, this is not about their mistakes. This is about uh, their immorality and illegality in trying to overthrow a president and block a presidential candidate through spying uh, and actual uh, counter uh, intelligence operations run against the White House itself. Uh, that makes it a different, a different, sadly, a very different thing. And the American people here need to know their sources and their methods. It's one of those uh, dilemmas uh, the government has never faced before. And All right, let's talk a little bit about sources and methods. So every single American has been groomed to the idea that we, on a local level, you have your police department, right? On... Um, and then on a state level, you have your state troopers, your sheriffs, your attorney generals, your U.S. attorneys. And then we go to the federal, which is FBI, which are just supposed to be police. Right. And then um, we have the CIA. We have the NRO. We have, uh, you know, all these intelligence communities. Right. That operate. So a lot of people from movies you've been groomed and from the TV, uh, you've been groomed to know that anything that has to do with defense and national security, it's the DOD, DOD uh, the DIA, and then the DOJ works with the FBI to help the DOD and the DIA and the NSA that monitors all your communication. Okay. No. Here's what you need to understand. There's 
hundreds of thousands of people like me that have worked for the intelligence community completely under the radar. The people that run your military, your CIA, your FBI, your NSA, your every alphabet three-letter agency you can imagine are private contractors. Like I said, they could be your Dunkin' Donuts server. They could be uh, the um, the lady pouring coffee in meetings. You have no idea. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what happened uh, to Millie Weaver. So people like me don't exist. All right. And when they come out, and when they come out, they get destroyed. They get destroyed. So they usually don't speak. The majority of them blow their heads off, literally, when they realize some of the atrocities that are going on. <laughs> Most of them have worked with other divisions, you know, your wizards, your warlocks, but they go beyond that. They're in different programs that have been on for a bit and then gone. So the one thing about these people, when they um, recruit them to be these types of private contractors, is that they pick them for their exceptional skills. Now, one thing that I do have is the ability to pattern recognize. I've said that. That's my like so, 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 so superpower. And um, my ability for predictive analytics, you know, my my whole, you know, math stuffs, right? But the one thing that they don't seem to understand is that in the end, no matter how much you've groomed someone from a very young age, it's always nurture over nature, always. And again, I, I have to thank my parents. Uh, you know, my father was intelligence too. Uh, didn't know that till way late uh, in his life before he passed. But, um, you know, the, he, um, my, my, my mom, my family, uh, maybe because we came from such a, you know, a family of um, resistors, <laughs> resisting the royal bloodline, where we revoked um, our blue blood heritage and got rid of the king. Uh, and, and, and the fact that, you know, the name of royalty, uh, when that decision was made, uh, my grandfather was intelligence, uh, in Greece, uh, my mom's dad. But the thing that I did have was I hung out with a lot of holy people, uh, uncles, aunts, nuns, priests, metropolitans. And I actually hung out with someone that was just sainted, uh, Father uh, Paisios. I actually spent a few hours with him laying on the grass talking smack when I was young. So um, I believe that that's the only reason that th that's the thing that they didn't count on. So here's, here's how it went. If you look back at the Shadowgate trailer, You'll see, you will be able to see that um, there were a lot of nuggets in there that got the military industrial complex really, really uncomfortable. And so 
in that sense, if you go back and listen to what Alex Jones was saying, he was saying that Milley had, you know, classified documents, national security. And remember the keystone, the SD card, the SD card, um, really set them back. So in a coordinated effort on August 14th, first of all, they tried to, what, smear me with a little poxy newspaper, which, by the way, the editor at, in of uh, the Minot Daily News said that he would never write about me again. I actually have an email of him saying it in writing. So he's going to get sued. Uh, at some point, I'll have a war chest. Who knows? But um, I'm going to sue the pants off of him for doing it. But it was coordinated. It wasn't happenstance, happen chance that on August 14th, they tried to do a hit piece on me. They arrested Millie for burglary. And then the whole Ohio justice system went down. See, because at that point, they went and did a sneak and peek at her house to find stuff. I know they come to my place when I'm gone. I'm okay with it because I'm not stupid. But what they did, what they did bank on, they did bank on is that I provided them hard evidence because people like me are usually ruthless. And when they want to get something done, they provide what the reporter needs. I'm not dumb. So they just assume that Millie and Gavin had all this documentation. They actually thought that I would breach national security and provide them documentation. Now, here's the thing. If they were to arrest them, right, let's pretend that I did give Millie, and I know they're looking for the server because they're like, Tori's not that dumb to have parts of the image server and just send us whatever. She must have a copy somewhere. I mean, we know that she's been on our chats on gaming sessions. She knows about Etsy. So she's got to have documentation of all that stuff. Every single one of them. We're going to find them. And I'm sure she gave it to the reporters. So what we're going to do is we're going to snag the reporters, have their kids and blackmail them and put them in a box so they could speak. That's basically what happened. Now, what's interesting is, is that the supposed police officers and correctional officers there, <laughs> some of them are actually intelligence assets. Rob Portman, you're going to have a big problem right after the election. So they assumed that I had provided hard copy evidence to... Millie and Gavin because again people like me are ruthless but I'm not I would never jeopardize anyone there's many times that Millie will ask me something and I say I can't tell you because I it's better that I don't right so I want you to know that they went after her because they thought I gave her documentation of maybe, I don't know, the recordings of Schiff talking and organizing this whole Ukraine facade, right? 
Because here's the thing. A lot of people are like, well, uh, you know, you're saying this, but and it's like, yeah, you guys don't understand. Let me let me explain to you a little bit about game theory. And I've said this before, and I'll give an example how it works. People that have power. Right. Well, let's put stupid people that have power and a little bit smarter people. So let me give the example of the attorney general of North Dakota, how stupid he is. Rule number one, you have to know thy enemy. Obviously, he wasn't in a position to have access because, you know, limp-wristed Obama, and they're both limp-wristed idiots, uh, was his BFF and stuff. But he didn't know thy enemy. So when he came, when he would answer questions, when his office would answer questions, they would lie. And there was a random citizen who had filed lawsuits demanding, uh, telling the judge that the attorney general was not complying with the Open Records Act and not providing information that he knew existed. The judge would say, well, where's your proof? He's like, well, he has it and he's not giving it to me. The guy lost the case, lost the case. You know, the judges ruled in the favor of the attorney general. I then saw that that case was going up to the Supreme Court, right? So what did I do? I had the document he wanted. I had it. So what I did was I emailed the attorney general's office and I said, hey, oh, by the way, that Defango gang stalker who's part of the military industrial complex, don't listen to the crazy guy. I'm telling you, he got Isaac Cappy killed, tons of stuff. Anyway, so he was showing that stuff and he was like, yeah, they're not giving it. He doesn't even know how to read court documents. This is how stupid they want their gang stalkers. But anyway, some of those documents are on there. So I sent an email to the attorney general's office and I said, hi, I would like to for you to give me a copy of a document that you signed um, back a few years ago with the FBI where you just you know, provide facial recognition and private identifying information of all citizens of North Dakota. In exchange, you get access to the FBI server, which is payment, by the way. In, in Let's be fair, that's payment. And so within like not even an hour, the PIO of the attorney general's office shoots back an email. I have all these emails, by the way, and says, hey, listen. There's no such document. I look for it. We've never signed any agreement with the FBI about facial recognition and private identifying information. So I responded to that email, Tori's email number two. And I said, whoa, that was super quick. Did you have Comey's agent that combed through like a million Hillary emails under your desk? Damn. So are you sure you don't have this document that I'm looking for? And I put the title of the document. I think it was signed up and about the date, this one. And I put the exact date, exact title in quotes. And, you know, then they responded hours later. Sorry, we could not locate this document. And so third email from Tori. He's like, oh, that's funny. Here's the article attached on the PDF. So then I get the response saying, oh, I'm so sorry. We couldn't find it. It's like, bitch, caught you. You lied. Not once, but twice. And here it is. So there. So with that email communication and the document, I handed it over to that nice gentleman that was trying to prove that the attorney general was not complying with Open Records Act. That's fact. So what was that? That is game that's how you play a game. Now, I am the mother of all those because in my line of work, my ability to get a response was one of the best things. When you're talking money and energy, you have to be very careful.
And without saying too much on that, right? This is what I did. I knew that he was all and powerful and he had already sent secret subpoenas against me that I knew about and, you know, found out about because I pressured other people like, hey, did you like just hand over my shit without telling me when a secret subpoena outside of the state of North Dakota doesn't even matter? Yeah, that's right. Because I have a FERPA lawsuit, too, going on. So I knew that he was cocky and he was bold. So I knew that the way to do it was to taunt the fuck out of him. And that's exactly what I did. And lo and behold, he tripped and fell. One thing for those of you listening to my show since 2018, I have been saying is that the corrupt people always pull their pants down. You just have to know what you do, how you do it, and how you pluck it out. Now, for me, for me, I have had access to your communications, your videos, your emails, your letters, your voice calls, your texts, everything that you have done, I could access if I wanted to. Now, I never did. Okay. I never, ever did. Uh, because I am very strong on that. Like I never peeked at my friends. I never peeked at someone I hated ever. Well, I did peek at the North Dakota attorney generals. <laughs> That's how I knew what they were planning. So I just sat back and watched. They were just like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to sewer into the ground because I can't pin her with anything criminal. And now I've been told to stand down because I didn't know who she was. <laughs> so I'm just going to defame her. Game theory. Well, what did I do? Millie Weaver has been reporting since 2019. Little nuggets. Even showed you that the, the GCHQ in England pulled their website down. Not only that, GSG pulled their website down, scrubbed it, removed all the intelligence uh, heads of various nations from their website after Millie did the report. I had full access to that. Now, you would sit there and say, well, why haven't they arrested you? Because you were accessing private communications of the Intelligence Committee, uh, the, the co congressmen, senators, FBI agents, Baker, McCabe. You knew. That's not reporting if you knew. And it's like, well, reporters have to know somehow. So why aren't you in jail, Tori? Because here's the thing. How are they going to arrest me? That means that they have to admit to the world that there's a private database with all that shit in it. Do you see what I'm saying? So in that sense, the only thing that they're hoping for is that maybe I have a document that I'm not supposed to have. Maybe I have a recording of Adam Schiff talking. Maybe I have the names of the people that set up that node to wiretap the White House. Maybe I have, you know, something, right? So when they arrested Millie and Gavin and held their kids hostage, they thought that they had, because it was so accurate, everything that was said in that was so accurate that they said, nope, Tory must have given them something. So what we're going to do is we're going to put them in the box and they're going to say what we need to lock this bitch up because we can't admit that we have private databases. But here's my message to these clowns. There are many people like me 
And I know they're watching to see who I speak with, when I speak with, but they can't watch all the time. I mean, we invented evasion. Do you know, guys, when I'm ready to write a story, like, seriously, I'm going to tell you how I fuck with them, just so you understand how it works. And this is why I knew that Ollie was working for them because of what he said. So I knew about Hillary's, I was the one that told on Hillary that she had a server, right? I was the one that told years ago, okay? Years ago. She has a private server. She's doing all these things. Boom, right? But what do I do? Because I know they're even monitoring my keystrokes, right? So everything that I'm doing on any device that's connected to the internet, keyword, um, they can see. So when I want to write a story, I already know what I'm looking for. I search for it. <laughs> I kid you not. So they're probably thinking, well, how'd she know to search for that? How'd she know to put that? How'd she know to do this? And it's like, oh, just like Ali said, she's just good at researching and Googling things. <laughs> That's exactly what they think. Because it's like, yeah, so I just, just pull out a topic out of my behind and know exactly what video I want. That's because my six inches between my ears are way different than their six inches. So this is how you mess with someone. This is games. You know how little boys and little girls used to play games in school? Like, oh, I like you. I don't like you. I like you. You know, and they, what is it? Mind games, right? This is like super game theory, right? This is game theory applied, okay, on another level. So, you know, <laughs> I just want to say they failed with Millie Weaver. Why? Because it was expected that they would penetrate inside to see what's going on. But at the same time, because there were so many eyes on Millie, there were two eyes in there. There was the MIC, hmm? the military industrial complex hacked the website to get in there and get warrants and see what they found and knock and sneak and peek. And then there were the good guys of the Trump administration watching like, what the is going on here like burglary and then it's like why did it change to robbery what's going what is this fuckery why did this start how did this happen but meanwhile while these two people were looking you know the best way to watch things is to be a fly on a wall right fly on the wall what do you do when you don't well what do you do when you're on the beach and you're walking in the sand but you don't want to leave footprints what do you do you jump on somebody's back and you piggyback so maybe people piggybacked and watched everything. See, while they were busy trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on, both sides, one just to see and the other one to fix, you know, that leaves ample opportunities for a fly to come in. It's kind of like you just crack the window open, dude. That's what's up. So, um, you know, <laughs> that, you know, what happened to Millie and Gavin was insane. Okay. It was really insane. And it verifies, right, that they were terrified of what she may have in her possession. And Alex Jones was fucking part of it because he knew it. Going back, I wasn't even paying attention because I was busy trying to figure out what was going on. At the same time, pilot up Shadowgate, 
look for kids, figure out if the $500 I had in my savings account was enough to bail them out, call around, try to find, uh, you know, where they were, what was happening. And like a godsend, you know, Ezra Levant came in and said, Hey, can I do a GoFundMe? And I'm like, please, yes, do it. Um, thank you. So that was taken off my hand. So I was busy, busy, busy making sure that I had full knowledge of what was going on. And so what happened was, is that the fuckers pulled their pants down, not just to me. I mean, I already knew who they were. I knew who the pants belonged to. I knew everything. The thing is, it's not just saying it. You have to see it yourself. And so what's great is, is that the Trump administration's intelligence community and FBI saw it too, right? They've never been so brazen. Why? Because I'm a threat. So this is why I'm still around because what they're terrified is is of what I may have, right? So I wanted to say that because they bet on the fact that I am their usual, usual, usual drudge, right? Their usual drudge that will do anything to do what they want to do. And I'm pretty sure they're probably thinking, what the f- is her end game? Does she want money? Does she want this? Does she want that? No, what I want is that the people have control of the United States of America. What I want is that every single one of you get tried for the crimes against humanity. What I want, General Jones, is for you to look at the Gold Star families and tell them how important it was to line your fucking pockets with money and kill their kids in a war that you invented over what? Helping the pharmaceuticals get their poppies. It's disgusting. So that's what I want. There's nothing else I want. I don't need riches. I don't need anything like that. I mean, the only thing I need is coffee, cigarettes, and a roof over my head, and maybe some food. Other than that, I'm good to go. Right? Other than that, I'm good to go. I'm pretty simple. That's all I want. So you know, this is, this is where it's at. You guys, they banked on the fact that I would operate as normal and throw my, you know, reporters under the bus. I would never do that. Never. I would never do that to anyone. I don't, do you guys know how hard it has been communicating with my mom or my sister or any family member where I can't tell them what to do. Sometimes I'd forget what I told them I was doing. You have no idea the stress that it brings and everything. So this is kind of freeing for me. But on the other hand, you know, a lot of people are like, well, spies don't do that. Like they have this and they do that and this. And it's like, man, the only reason they haven't come for me is because they have to admit that, that what I'm saying is true. So they have no choice, but to let me, put it all out there. Like I could tell you all the dirt we have on them. I could tell you about Blumenthal's shenanigans with um, little boys in Thailand. I could tell you about, uh, you know, the gold purchases that he made in Venezuela. I could tell you how, uh, you know, the homes that they own in South America, pretty hot spot, especially by Argentina. I mean, I could tell you a lot. I could tell you about Nancy Pelosi's tiger investment company with all these containers. I could tell you how they go through the Arctic. And you know what's so weird? It's like 
They say that they're transporting peanut butter. Now, let me tell you something. Bano, Alaska is not really a popping place. It's in the middle of nowhere, and they do research, and that's where they say, uh, you know, is the North Pole. But why are her, her, her containers sending peanut butter? I mean, I've been there before. Peanut butter is like $8 a jar. And, you know, you have to wait at certain times to be able to deliver it. So I'm really, really confused as to what the hell she's really sending out there to Bano, Alaska. I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's a lot I could say. There's a lot. But I don't need to, right? Because if I say it, it's said, done, in one year, out the other. But if I mention it to you, and we watch them pull their own pants down, this is how it works. I could have, I could have sat here and sang for three years. Instead, I have you think. Because it's not about someone telling you the story. It's about you seeing the actual story. It's never the story someone tells you. It's what surrounds the story that's true. Okay? It's what surrounds the story that is the truth. And without truth, we're going to constantly be in the same mess we're in all the time. All the time. You know, we're going to be in this hot mess uh, of fakeness. Like, think about it. If you're acting on things that are not true, right, things that are not true, then the outcome is going to be based on untruthful things. So it'll never be the correct outcome. So if I tell you that, uh, you know, um, eating strawberries, 20 strawberries every evening will make your white hair turn back to whatever color your hair is and you start eating strawberries, 20 strawberries every single day, the outcome will not be your gray hair going away. <laughs> You'll probably have the runs at some point, but it's the outcome will not be a favorable one because it was based on a lie. So how do we move forward in our nation if every action that has been taken has been done based on a lie? Do you see what I'm saying? On a lie. What we need is truth, but nobody will tell everybody hates the truth. They hate they hate people that speak the truth like no other. I mean, they crucified Jesus too, didn't they? You know, th that is an example. He was just speaking truth. Anyone who speaks truth is hated. Anyone. So instead of giving the truth that hits you like a ton of bricks in the face, like a boulder smashes you, you look like those pugs that chase parked cars, right? You have to see it. And the only way to see it is by giving you the truth around it, the corners of the puzzle, right? Where you're just like, stop. That picture I'm seeing right now doesn't fit. And, you, and that's where you see the truth. Now listen to what Grinnell says in reference to that. And the, and the nation has never faced before. Uh, this, this intelligence report, uh, the Devin Nunes report that they will not release from the so-called uh, gun box uh, in the CIA. Uh, is it any more than simple, uh, simple effort to cover up uh, a crime on the part of the CIA? Look, this is a situation I have to be very careful of um, in how I describe this. I um, 
we've we've gone round and round with this and it is not a fight about uh appropriate information uh and that's what is most frustrating and um i i've seen this information and it's it's another early red flag raising concerns that um this russian collusion uh hoax was being developed when inside the intelligence agencies career intelligence officials knew that the information was wrong but political appointees decided to let the wrong information be spread because they didn't like uh to have to downplay it because it would look like they were defending donald trump this information was uh, was negative towards donald trump and political appointees in the obama administration allowed it to continue despite knowing full well it was russian propaganda so wait so you heard that answer now we're going to hear it again but i want you to hear the question again before his answer he asked him were they covering up a crime by the cia Okay, that is the important part, his question. Listen to Lou Dobbs' question and how he answered. I have to be careful in what I say. That is the key. So here it goes. It's never faced before. Uh, this, this intelligence report, uh, the Devin Nunes report that they will not release from the so-called uh, gun box uh, in the CIA, uh, is it any more than simple uh, the simple effort to cover up uh, a crime on the part of the CIA? Look, this is a situation I have to be very careful of. Um, and so let me tell you something about whistleblowers, right? And this sucks that he says this because he says I have to be very careful. The one thing, remember Bill Binney even said this, it is not a crime to report a crime. But this crime goes up to the White House. Okay? White House, Barack Hussein Obama. So it's unlike any crime. I mean, we can charge him with war crimes and killing our own soldiers out there for the sake of money. The hoax of taking people out. Hmm? All of this, giving our federal tax dollars to enrich themselves, there's tons. So we, he has to be very careful on what he says because the mainstream media, which is part of the fourth unelected branch of government that knows well, this global syndicate, okay? He has to be careful how he answers. Now listen to his answer to the question of, are they covering a crime of the CIA? And how I described this. I We've we've gone round and round with this, and it is not a fight about uh, appropriate information. Uh, and that's what is most frustrating. And um, I, I've seen this information, and it's it's another early red flag raising concerns that um, this Russian collusion uh, hoax was being developed when inside the intelligence agencies, career intelligence officials knew that the information was wrong. But political appointees... They knew it was wrong because it was a story they were spinning about Hillary's air quote emails. And it's not just her email. See, in those emails is what's important. 
In those emails are when she gives orders for kills. Kill orders. Oh, what? Yeah, double O freaking all the O's sevens. Kill orders. We have memorandums of understandings that she has no right to while she was not in office to have with other nations. <laughs> Money exchanges. How much are you paying me to come and do this? We need to remove that person from office. You need to shut this person up. Oh, and you know what the most important part is on that server? You want to hear it? It's called the list. He's decided to let the wrong information be spread because they didn't like uh, to have to downplay it because it would look like they were defending Donald Trump. This information was uh, was negative towards Donald Trump and political appointees in the Obama administration allowed it to continue despite knowing full well it was Russian propaganda. And that's what's most troubling to me is, is that we had people who took the oath to defend this country and instead of defending this country, they used their uh, power in government to weaponize different powers against their political opponents. And that's unacceptable. We, we have to be able to call this out. And by the way, I've worked at the State Department for 11 years. If we saw this happening in another right. country, we would call it out immediately and we would tell them to knock it off. Instead, uh, we're looking at a situation in which uh, the president has given the power of declassification his power. Uh, if one can actually delegate such a power, he has done so uh, to William Barr, the attorney general, uh, and to the uh, uh, to uh, uh, DNI John Ratcliffe. It is yet nothing has happened. What is now? Let me just clarify. I said this yesterday on my show, and I'm going to say it again for those of you that may have missed it. Okay. That list with the website of um, donors is not something from the now. It is from 2016 when the RNC was hacked. Let's get that straight. And that is mitigation for the real list. What's really coming. Nobody cares who you donate. Yeah, the liberals that are crying and so freaking out about President Trump, the crazies, right? The crazies. The crazies. Now, they indeed may have interest in that list with their bootleg guns and, you know, what they're planning. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <laughs> the list they would have used in an alternate timeline if Trump was not elected. If we had not gotten President Trump into office, here's what it would have been. They would have come for every single person that has filed a FOIA request, that has demanded accountability, and they would have thrown you into a gulag and told your family you had COVID, right? And like I said, you'd be in a holding bay looking around to see who else is in there with you. <laughs> and if you saw people like, I don't know, me or Millie or um, other people that haven't sold out, pay attention to the sellouts. I told you a lot of people are flipping. Uh, you knew what your fate was. They'd incinerate you and tell your family you had this really bad COVID and you died and they had to burn your remains because it was contagious. You think that's a joke? Do you think that's 
far-fetched. That's a fact. So when that comes out, well, Millie was on that list. Gavin was on that list for a very long time. Her husband, very, very long time. There's a lot of people on that list. And then there's the throwaways, the ones that have sold out thinking that they saved their skin because they give them a bit of cash or a bit of clout, right? Those are going too. Because when they see that everyone else is killed, they'll do one of two things. Become the Karens they need them to be or fold. So this is a real thing. What is your honest, most realistic, direct um, anticipation of what will come of it, if anything? Look, Donald Trump's got to be reelected if we're going to have something come of this, because um, there have been those, uh, and I will just keep it general as to those um, who are working very hard to delay, obstruct, and to come up with uh, brand new excuses constantly. And um, this is a very well-known issue to President Trump. Um, it's been discussed inside the Oval Office on a number of times. And uh, I, I think that, um, let me just take a step back away from, from that general, uh, from that specific right. uh, issue and make a general comment. I think that when Donald Trump uh, wins re-election, and I believe that he will, that he must appoint people that uh, don't have on their resume a Washington, D.C. address. We need outsiders like Donald Trump because people who go to Washington and who really care about their social status or their future economic status are not appropriate uh, to make tough transitional decisions. We need intelligence agencies that are not political. We need to clean up. Oh, man, is he speaking my, uh, you know, deepest thoughts? Remember, I've I've told you, how are we going to fix this when we hire the guy on the corner, when we hire people that can't be bought, people that are content, content with what a peaceful union within our nation, content with the sanctity of life, content with peace on earth, per se, right? Content with, like, you know, just simple stuff, man. Yeah, totally. I am a brand whore. I'm going to tell you that. A lot of people, you know, when you look in my closet, I have dresses, obviously different sizes, of course, because I blew up five years ago. But I have sizes of dresses that I have invested money in, obviously on sales, because they last forever. I have a pair of shoes. I kid you not. Uh, I'll probably Instagram them. Pair of shoes that I got in Barcelona in 1999. Okay. And I paid at that time in dollars, like 300 bucks, uh, 1999, still have them. So I'm a person about quality, not quantity. Okay, just saying. So I am a bit of a brand, you know, but not um, because I have handbags that are ancient. <laughs> the only thing that I'm the only, th you know, I'm, I'm a person that likes little things that last long. And I think many of you out there at the same place, right? All we want is a roof over our head, food in our bellies, and it doesn't have to be extraordinary food. Even though we like to splurge every now and then, it's food in our belly, roof over our head, 
coffee, cigarettes, and we're simple. The simple life and just going forward and doing things we love, right? If that's knitting, radio, writing, bicycling, accounting, you know, you should always do the work you love, right? And so these are the type of people we want in our intelligence community, not the stupid clowns that are approved by clear force, not people that can be controlled and sit there as rank and file knowing that shit's wrong. And they sit there thinking, well, you know, national security, you know, they'll destroy my life. You know, they'll just delete me. You know, they'll just do this. No, we want people that stand for the constitution regardless like today this morning when i told you about that court thing it's because i have a court thing where we will be witnesses at and i want that person tried so fast but fair is fair right we shouldn't be letting judges decide what gets excluded at the drop of a hat for a infodemic i was gonna say something else i'm not gonna say it an infodemic because it's a perversion of our justice, a perversion of our constitution. And that is what we should do, even though for those few people that know exactly what I'm talking about, you know that I do not want this. I want to push it off as much as possible because I do not want my children in that position. Right? I do not want them in that position. But gosh darn it, it's still not fair because that's not the way our nation should be operating. And he's right. We do not want people that want a social status. We do not want people that care about their handbags and where they're going to eat. I mean, all of us love to eat at nice places. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, you know, we do not want people, uh, you know, in office that are more concerned. Oh, I don't fly coach, you know, and it's like, um, I don't do Ubers. I only do limos. You know, that's not what we want. We want people that are down to earth that agree with these things. And the thing is, they have not been doing that. They've been hiring people that they can put in check and usher where they want. I said this in 2018. I said it in 2019. I'm saying it again. And I'm so glad to hear Grinnell say the same thing. This is exactly what we need. We need to gut them all down to the janitor, every single person out. Because there are tons of people that would be more than happy to paper shred, burn bag, order post-its and pencils without showcasing, oh, look at me. Like, I work for, no, we don't need that. We need outside individuals. And this is exactly how we're going to fix it. And that is why the EO went through. It's not about just your VSESs and SESs, which are kind of like tenured in the federal government. Almost everybody is unfireable. Almost everybody is unfireable. If they want to get you fired, they will collude. Do you know how many people in the State Department were fired via collusion that President Trump appointed? It was illegal what they did. And Linick helped. I saw it all. Everything. Every person the president appointed in the State Department was removed. I saw it all. I could tell you who, what, when, and what door they went to, what meeting they had, and how, you know, Newland's assistant through Etsy was coordinating it to remove people. And they complained that you're a bitch, you talk too much, you're demanding them to do stuff because they just, nobody in there knows what the hell they're doing. I'm telling you that now. The State Department, there's like five people that know exactly what they want to do. 
not for the people, what they want to do. The rest of the people are complete idiots. They have no idea. It's like they're throwing shit up against the wall, hoping it'll stick. All they do is court. Oh, we're going to have a meeting. And then they sit down and take notes and then they sit down. And (laughs) so for those of you that are listening, right, good guys and bad guys, I'm going to take you to a meeting where I was a fly on a wall. So this is going to be good. There was a political appointee that was just pushed out and she was pushed out of the state department. Then there was another one where they were trying to push out and they all sat in a meeting and they had coffee. I think it was um, room 1772. If my memory serves me correct. Don't remember. Oh, gosh, darn it. I think that's right. 1772. Because I was like, damn, it's like four down from 1776. Where they all stood and not in the room, outside the room. Two women, one man. And they all discussed how they were going to remove this other woman or force her to resign. Every time she gets, sends emails, requests information to put it together, you know, they can't cover it up. And she was demanding information. So they sat there and they pushed her. They made it difficult for her to work. No one would provide information. Rick, you know who I'm talking about. She had just left mm, maybe two months ago, Max. So this is a problem because it had to do with the request for some certain documents in regards to Sudan. So should have been about Molly Fee because that bitch coordinates everything on that. But it's just stupid high school games they play to oust the people that aren't careers and are political appointees. And that's a problem. Shouldn't be happening. If you're ineffective like that crazy ass, insane, oh, who who did the report calling me ineffective because I cannot provide the Barack Hussein Obama White House the sources of where General Flynn had found some information. I mean, I knew where he got it from. I would say maybe I had a hand in it. I wasn't going to turn myself in or anyone else. I just, I was inefficient. I was completely inefficient. I was so inefficient that when I got back home to Oregon, my evil ex-husband had uh, been fired. And because they hadn't ruined the channels that I had, um, I was able to pull some strings and get him into the railroad. And you guys know how hard it is to get into the railroad, right? So I'm just saying, these people are sick. They're bullies and they can control everything. They make you unhirable. They will send you to the poorhouse. They will drive you to the point where you kill yourself because that's how they have fun. And that's how they work. It's kind of like the mean girls. You know, they didn't, you know, I was efficient up until the point where they wanted to, you know, get General Flynn out and I wouldn't help. And it's like, I made it look like I was doing my work. I just looked inefficient. And that chick said that I was inefficient. And guess what happened? After I was gone, she got promoted. (laughs) And then she was at the ODNI hiring people. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So we start fresh. President Trump's not going to have this anymore. Now, 
we get real people that want to work. Up the politics. And right now, it's a mess. Rick Rennell, it is always uh, great to see you and have... Uh are not appropriate uh, to make tough transitional decisions. We need intelligence agencies that are not political. We need to clean up the politics. And right now, it's a mess. Rick Rennell, it is always uh, great to see. It's a hot mess. When your intelligence agency is politicized and believe they know better, right? It's a hot mess. Now, I want to get into the court packing for a bit. But um, I think what I want to do is kind of take a break and get some coffee if you guys are great. And we listen to a great song um, because it is the final countdown, right? And watch it done with bagpipes. Come on, bar. What are you doing? Let's get this show on the road. Hands down, my favorite collab, right? That is like the best version of the final countdown. Because uh, we are in the final countdown. It is seven days until the elections. I just wanted to say, I'll be poll watching. I'll be poll watching where we're expecting <laughs> riots. So it'll be pretty awesome. Maybe I'll wear like big sunglasses so I can be incognito. Uh, I'm going to be there from 630 in the morning till the evening. And then once the polls are closed, I am going to go live. And we're all going to have popcorn. And um, I'll be... Uh, <laughs> warming myself up with a good hot, hot cup of coffee and I'm going to be down there just watching. I mean, I know I can't videotape inside, but you know, I'll be strolling everywhere and watching everything. I mean, after all, I know exactly what to look at, uh, you know, from afar with the machines and how they act wonky. So, uh, you know, hey, Tag Romney, hope your money's well because that's where it's going to be. So I'm going to watch, 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 and I'll report, report, report. Obviously, there's reporting hotlines, you know, for people campaigning or threatening, and I know uh, where I'm going to be. It's going to be pretty intense uh, because, you know, they are actually uh, seeking, uh, they have guns now. <laughs> they have guns, and they have bulletproof vests, and they have tons of stuff. So I'm going to make sure that I look as liberal as possible, right? Um, and uh, kind of just uh, maybe I'll wear a hat with like a something on it, like <laughs> maybe a rainbow hat. I don't know what I'm going to do, but the, the thing that I'm going to do is watch everything because our elections are very important. Bust out the skinny jeans. I don't know. I'm not going to dye my hair or anything. I'll probably wear a hat, uh, you know, like a beanie or something. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I'll be down there. I'll probably be just posting pictures of me 
Um, I don't know if I want to post them on Twitter because I don't want to make myself a target. Um, but I'll take pictures and then post them. Uh, yeah, wear a pussycat hat. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Um, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll, yeah, I, I always, yep, that's it. See, people know what's up. New York, uniform, black. I mean, you know, and also slim. So, yeah, that's it. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, for those of you that can poll watch, you know, uh, there are poll watching positions that they're seeking. So that way we can make sure that our elections are safe, sound, and, and, and done correctly. Uh, it is really, really important, especially now that everyone's losing their mind with Amy Cohn Barrett being confirmed. I want to just, uh, a little bit of snippet here with uh, Tucker Carlson from last night. Um, it's pretty interesting. Here we go. Let me. Supreme Court justice appointed by this president, Donald Trump. No one expected that. For more on what this means for the court and for the country, we turn now to Brett Baer. He is Fox News' chief political correspondent. He's the anchor, of course, special report on the channel every night. Uh, Brett, I mean, it's, it's fair to say nobody expected this on many levels, but are you surprised on a political level, that Republic, that Mitch McConnell was able to hold all these votes. Uh, you know what, Tucker, I'm not. Because of the superior delivery in the hearing of Judge Barrett, she convinced yes. the uh, couple of wavering Republicans like Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski that she was such a good jurist, such a good judge, that she deserved uh, this, this vote tonight. It's historic. I mean, this is a third Supreme Court justice for uh, President Trump. She is the youngest Supreme Court justice as of tonight. Uh, and it's happening 38 days after the death of the liberal icon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Democrats are apoplectic. Uh, Chuck Schumer said this is the darkest day in the history of the U.S. Senate, 231 years. Um, <laughs> and he pointed his finger at Republicans on the other side of the well. Uh, Mitch McConnell said the reason we were able to do it in 2016, 2018, and 2020 is because we won the majority and we had the White House. And uh, so he made his point. Man, I mean, it's a sweet moment for Republicans, but also maybe a bitter moment for some Republican voters because it illustrates that the Republican-led Senate can achieve things when it wants to. You think of all the policies <laughs> that voters ratified in the 2016 election that didn't make their way through the Senate. Um, but when they want to do no, something, right. they, they can do it with with speed uh, and certainty. So what will the Democratic response to this? This is their biggest. It is. I agree with that. The, this is the biggest win by far. Not only the three Supreme Court justices, but the dozens and dozens of federal judges on different courts uh, that President Trump and Senator McConnell have steered uh, into nomination and confirmation. Uh, the Democrats' response to this is was signaled by Senator Schumer, who said, you have lost your credibi credibility, pointing to Republicans, and when we control the majority, you have lost your ability to tell us how to run it which is sort of a foreshadowing to what yes. has been talked about. And that is doing away with the filibuster and possibly packing the court or doing some other major systemic changes to the uh, judicial branch. Yeah. And, and not just judicial, bringing in Puerto Rico as a state uh, and maybe other things um, as well. It's interesting. We didn't see the attacks on Judge Barrett that a lot of us predicted. Why do you think that was? 
because we were just days away from an election and there wasn't uh, there was a fear of a backlash from people who looked at Judge Barrett, uh, the mother of seven, a really accomplished jurist, and said, why are you going after this this person? Uh, I think that they looked at the electoral fallout of talking about her religion, and they stayed away from it and really focused on Obamacare and the case coming before the Supreme Court in just a matter of days. Amazing. Just hearing that, the vote is still technically open, but Republicans have secured 52 votes um, so this is a fait accompli. What happens next? Next, uh, there'll be a swearing in uh, that will be done by Justice Clarence Thomas, a ceremony at the White House. Can we just all look at Fox's pictures that they put of Justice Barrett? Can you guys see that? They put really unflattering pictures of her. I just want you guys to pay attention to that as they speak. Uh, Because look at the previous one. Wait, they put a nice one. And then they put one where she's like all pursed lipped. And it's just (sighs) fake news going to fake. And obviously, we don't have all of the details of that. The first ceremony of her nomination caused quite a stir when um, all of those folks got sick uh, after that Rose Garden event. Uh, but I think there's a lot of protocols in place. It'll be tonight sometime. And then there will be an official swearing in at the court. But she'll go to work right away. And just tonight, Tucker, the Supreme Court ruled five to three in favor of uh, GOP blocking efforts to extend the absentee ballots in Wisconsin by six days. So just tonight, the Supreme Court is operating on election cases that Justice Barrett will be a part of as of tomorrow. I, I can't resist asking this. Do you, do you think it's possible that soon to be Justice Barrett could weigh in on election related, post election related cases? I think it's clear from her hearing that she's not recusing herself, nor do legal experts think she has to, many of them. Um, some obviously do, and the Democrats say she should. Uh, but I think she'll be a part of all of these cases. And if it comes to states having challenges about their electors come December, if there is a secretary of state that's one party and a state legislature that's another party, and they are battling over who the electors will be in an undecided election because of who didn't sign absent ballots, yes, she could very well be a part of a Supreme Court deciding. What did I tell you? So this goes back to that corrupt state, North Dakota. Remember how I said that we needed Justice Barrett in there because we needed the odd number out, right? Why is it that we needed them? Because the Electoral College, you see? The Electoral College is it. This is where votes are going to be counting. Votes are going to be happening. And this is where we needed Justice Barrett. We needed an objective justice. Because like I said, we won't know who's president because they're going to fight it. They're going to fight it in states with small electoral votes or maybe big ones. They're fixing it all. They're burning ballot boxes. They're going to be coming with guns because they want blood. And they will terrorize the secretary of states within your states to make sure that the electoral vote goes to who they want. Do you see what I was saying months ago and why SCOTUS gate is important? Do you see how it's going to come around 
First day I tweeted out was February 5th. <laughs> By February 21st, it's going to be done. You'll see February 21st to February 23rd, those three days. It'll be done. SCOTUSgate is going to put everything else to shame because like I've been saying, always, three branches of government. We can deal with a corrupt executive branch. We could deal with a corrupt legislative branch, but no way in hell can we survive as a nation with a corrupt judicial branch that make rules as they go and they interpret things as they want, not as it should be. They do not afford the same rights. Some pigs have more rights than others. That's the way it is, right? Animal farm. Here we are. Here we are. So this was a very important vote. Very very important because look at what judges have been doing. The justice department, the judicial system has been weaponized against political enemies for those that seek truth. That's how it happens. You know, I wanted to say yesterday I had a nice conversation with Patrick Berge, who if you're not following his channel, the American awakening on YouTube, you should. Um, we were talking, he was like, Tori, did you ever like file it? Like officially, like write a letter to the justice department. I was like, are you kidding? I worked for the white house. I worked for these people. I can't send it, but you know what? I may just do it to make it public record. And that was, um, that was interesting, uh, that he, he mentioned that maybe that's my next step to make it official record. Uh, because I couldn't, I could not, make it official record that would have sealed my fate completely. And now that every single facet of any nuclear device they had around me has exploded and it looks like I'm radiobacterium, right? <laughs> cause my DNA was split into a hundred pieces and I'm still here cause they forget I was part of center lane. See, I'm different and they messed up on that one. So if they only listened to Entheo Shine that I was groomed as a teenager, they'd know <laughs> I'm not your average drudge. So I might do that. Bergie gave me some really, really good um, advice. Um, and it was intended to be that way. So I'm going to see how I'm going to formulate that and do it. Maybe I can pop over to Washington, D.C. and hand deliver it. But do I want to be in D.C.? I mean, because there's going to be something going on. I'm thinking about it, flying out in the morning, coming back at night. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. But, um, yeah, we're going to be doing that. I think official record is important because then – there's got to be some response, right? Uh, the next president. It's, it's just, it's all so amazing. Brett Bear, thank you for the guidance on all this. I really appreciate it. Good to see you. You bet. Well, ahead of the Senate confirmation vote tonight, Democrats, as Brett Bear just told you, were absolutely apoplectic. The darkest day in the history of the Senate, Chuck Schumer said from New York, they threatened there will be consequences to what you just saw. The Democratic senator from Connecticut, Richard Blumenthal, said this. Our Republican colleagues are shattering the norms and breaking the rules and breaking their word. And there will be consequences. There inevitably are consequences when one person breaks her or his word. Her or his word. 
Well, that's Amy Coney Barrett, of course, he's talking about. And the idea is that she would somehow undo Obamacare entirely invalidate. There's no indication in her previous decisions that she would do something like that. But that has been a consistent talking point among Democrats for the past several weeks. Listen to Cory Booker, who, by the way, voted himself to undo, to abolish Obamacare. Listen to Cory Booker warn you that Amy Coney Barrett will do it. A future without the ACA looks like being forced to sell your house if you can't afford your health care. It looks like not having access to a doctor when you're sick. It looks like having to choose between paying for groceries and paying for medicine. Unfortunately, now that Amy Coney Barrett is on. I just want to stop right there. I've actually had to make that decision. Do I buy medications or do I buy groceries? Do I buy medications or do I buy cigarettes? Do I buy medications or do I put gas? I mean, uh, and that's with Obamacare. Okay, let's just be straight. And actually, that's with regular employer insurance that I had off of my my ex. Uh, you know, that happens. I don't see how having Obamacare helped anyone. I'm sure many of you right now listening, there's like what, 2000 of you. I'm pretty sure that about two thirds of you have had that same thought before. Uh, maybe I'll just go vegetarian this week and eat a lot of rice so I can afford my medication. So I don't see how Obamacare helped any of that. And I don't see how changing it to make it cheaper would be a problem. On the Supreme Court, you're going to lose your house. You're going to starve. And you're probably going to die of an infection next time you stub your toe. So get psyched for that. Charlie Hurd is excited. He's the opinion editor at the Washington Times. He joins us tonight. So, Charlie, they're taking your house away. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it, it's the darkest day in the United States history. That's, uh, that's, that's quite something else. Um, you know, it's easy to look at this and see this as a tremendous victory. And it is a huge victory for conservatives and for President Trump and for, uh, and for Republicans. But I have to say it's also a shocking moment in that it reveals just how broken the system is. They're yeah. going to be nearly 50 senators voting against this woman. There are going to be at least 48 senators who are going to vote against this eminently qualified woman to sit on the Supreme Court based on basically uh, her, her family story, based on the fact, based on a religion, based on all these crazy things that we've heard from the left uh, ever since she was nominated. And throughout the entire process, we listened to Democrats sitting on the Senate Judiciary Committee, people like Cory Booker, talking about how the process was a sham and it was a Sharon Collins of Maine. Okay. But the on. rest just. So tonight we know Tucker's going to be putting out some information on Hunter. And I wanted us to play this portion of the show, which I really loved. Here we go. Ordered a Capitol Hill police bus on the way to the White House. Coney Barrett's swearing in ceremony will take place in the Rose Garden shortly. Of course, we'll cover that when it happens. Tomorrow, by the way, we'll have an extensive interview on this show with a man called Tony Bobolinsky. You may have heard that name. He is a former business partner of Hunter Biden. Text and his personal testimony both indicate he met personally with Joe Biden to discuss a lucrative business deal in China. That's a story. The Biden campaign is not denying that meeting took place, by the way. They're just not talking about it and trying to dismiss the whole thing as Russian propaganda. Tony Blavolinsky is not on the other networks because they've decided to bury the story. They want you to think it's a Russian smear. If you're trying to take someone who right now is choosing Biden, do you get them by smearing Biden's surviving son? 
pushing uh, these various smears against Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. There's an increasingly desperate barrage of smears and lies and disinformation and wild accusations. This president has seized on that potential Russian misinformation provided by Giuliani and has tried to smear Biden with it. Which was to smear him with all this nonsense about Hunter Biden's finances. Well, if smearing Hunter Biden was going to work, uh, you know, B Biden would not be ahead by almost 10 points. And he is the York. He's not ahead. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you watched the porn that I did, too. And that was totally creepy, disgusting. Hunter Biden getting a foot job from a Chinese prostitute. Architect of the smears against Hunter Biden. These people are such liars and they know what they're saying is a lie. But at its core, this story is not about Hunter Biden. It's about his father, the man who made Hunter Biden's decades long lobbying career possible. Also made a almost 50 year lobbying career of Joe Biden's brother, Jim, possible. That is a story. And voters have a right to know a lot about it. They know nothing at this point. The Biden campaign, by the way, has not denied the authenticity of a single email or text message. Not one. The smear. They know it's not a smear. They know it's true. But they're telling the rest of us the Russians are behind it. The intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. And so when you put the combination of Russia, Giuliani, the president together, um, it's just what it is. It's a smear campaign because he has nothing he wants to talk about. In this. What is he running on? The Russians. The infuriating part, there are many infuriating parts. One of them is Tody Bobulinski is not a Russian agent. He's a former naval officer who served this country, as did many other members of his family. And to dismiss him as some sort of tool of Russian intelligence is outrageous. And it may have spurred his decision to come on the show tomorrow night. But as of tonight, what do we know about this story? Tony Bobulinski has produced a lot of documents. Kim Strassel has read them. She's with The Wall Street Journal. She's laid this out very clearly, more than anyone else. She joins us tonight. Kim, thanks a lot for coming on. What do we know as of right now? Okay, well, I think this story has two parts. The first one is Hunter. And the, and the important part about this, when you read these texts and emails, is that up until now, you know, we knew about this shady Ukraine deal. And the assumption was that Hunter had been hired uh, because of his dad, right? He didn't have any oil or gas experience. But now we know that that's exactly what was happening in this deal because he brags about it. We have texts and emails in which all of these partners are saying, uh, you know, we ought to be keeping more of the money here for the people that are actually doing the work. By the way, that's not Hunter. Um, you know, we ought to be doing what does Hunter bring to this? And then Hunter in a rage coming in saying, don't you understand? I am the deal. People are only doing this because they want the Biden name. This is my family legacy. You got one partner also saying, uh, you know, to Tony Bobolinsky, look, I know for a fact the Chinese want this because of Hunter and that's why it's worth so much money. That's called influence peddling. That's called yeah. access to important people. And that gets us to the second part of the story, which is Joe Biden. This meeting, and this is going to be the topic, one of the topics of our conversation with Tony Bobulinski tomorrow. But this meeting that he says he had with Joe Biden, from what we can tell, took place. It's real. He met with Joe Biden. Can you think of any reason that Joe Biden would meet with an investment guy called Tony Bobulinski if it wasn't about business? 
Look, this is all real. Can I just say that the smear argument, a smear is when you make something up, okay? Yes. This is now beyond a shadow of the doubt. The, the Wall Street Journal, both its news side and its editorial page, have made clear this deal happened, okay? This, this, these emails are out there, uh, and, and Joe was involved with this. The question is, to what degree? Now, Tony Bobulinski and the emails and texts suggest that there was indeed a meeting. We also have this piece of paper that laid out what was supposed to be the equity holdings in this coming company. Uh, it says 20% to Hunter, and then it says, you know, maybe Hunter is gonna hold 10% in addition for the big guy. Tony Bobulinski says that that is Joe Biden. Now, the Biden campaign has not denied any of this. It hasn't answered any questions That's on right. this, but it raises some big, big things. Joe Biden has said, first and foremost, that he doesn't discuss business with his son, that he never has. I mean, this is a guy who's running on character and judgment. He should have to answer this question about whether or not he was honest, beside the question of whether or not he was actually debating going into business with a, a Chinese company with ties to the government and military. We have photographs of Joe Biden with Hunter and Hunter's clients, including a, a mogul from Kazakhstan. I mean, for, he brought Hunter with him to China as vice president, and introduced him around. I mean, this has been chronicled over many years. It's not like we just learned all of this. But the press is pretending like, oh, it's not true. The same people who wrote these stories five years ago are now pretending they, they don't know what we're talking about. It's in one sentence. Have you ever seen anything like this where the entire American media decides to lie as a group about something? No, you know, for two. Yes, we did. Russia, 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 Russia. <laughs> so Russia, 9-11, Russia, 9-11, Russia, 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 9-11, 9-11, <laughs> San Bernardino, Pulse Nightclub, Sandy Hook, Russia, 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 Russia. Hacks. OPM hack, Hillary clack, hack, passport hack, Russia, 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 Ukraine. Yeah, I can name a lot of things that all of the mainstream media colluded in saying. Now, for those of you out there, remember this after the election. Remember this after the election. Look at the right. Look at those to the right and look at what they're not talking about. Look at what they're not talking about. Time traveling Tory. T, T, T. <laughs> Told you so. Just look at what they're not going to be talking about. Nuclear energy. Space Force. See, that's what's weird. So we have Space Force that announced months ago that they're going to be establishing Space System Command in 2021. It's come out. And you know, um, it was, uh, there was this one time, okay, in New Mexico at the Kirkland Air Force Base that I went, I, okay, that is a weird base, okay? Lots of private contractors, lots. And apparently, um, 
space operations will be headed out of there. We just wanted to say. Uh, in portions of the Air Force Research Laboratory are also going to be falling under the space system commands. Tori, what does that have to do? Pay attention to the right to see who's talking about it. Because remember, we have been talking about the new START agreement, the START agreement that we haven't been talking about with Putin, right? And so that's going to be coming very, very, very soon. Very soon. Because we saw that Putin bombed and exploded Turkish-backed militants in Idlib. And you're going to say, stop, Tori, stop. What does Syria, Idlib Syria, have to do with Space Force? Well, I mean, let's just say it has to do with the START agreement and has to do with how Putin is digging his heels in and how Turkey has shit where it shouldn't be eating, right? Idlib. Did you know that when um, the patriarch, well, it was the Russian Orthodox Church had like this big, you know, ceremony on a block of ice. Did you know that his stop after that ceremony was in Idlib, Syria? So weird, so biblical. I just wanted to say that disconnected to you now statement because as we move forward uh, in the next one, two, three, four, five, next six months, we're going to be seeing that develop. So I'll refer you back to seven day countdown where it was kind of introduced. I know it's confusing, but trust me, Space Force, Idlib, Turkey, Russia. News. You'll see. It's going to be more apparent. Two weeks, they told us, prove it that it's true. We just showed that it's true. And now they say there's nothing there to see. It's, yeah, there can be huge ramifications, I would say, from this kind of behavior long term. Kim Strassel, thank you for your bravery on this story, because you have been brave, I think. Thank you. Amy Coney Barrett was just voted. Okay, so I just wanted to say uh, we have uh, a lot happening in regards to whistleblowers coming forward. We have a lot happening globally. We have our elections coming, which is cray-cray, right? Uh, we have a lot going on in, you know, our internal politics. Though globally... There is one thing that everyone is waking up to, and that's the uh, Gestapo of uh, social media. And I wanted you to see this report uh, that Fox put out. Take a listen to this. Now, on Monday afternoon, Business Insider columnist and still a Fox Business uh, contributor, uh, apparently after signing with Business Insider, they gave him a free pair of headphones, which was very, very nice of all the folks <laughs> over there that he has on there. <laughs> it's, good. It's, good. it's good to see you. Um, those are, uh, the, the, right, noise canceling and everything. Um, this is a big week, right? So uh, these hearings are always a little bit 
awkward and strange, but anything that might come out of it when these CEOs are up there, do you think, on, on, on Capitol Hill? Well, the, the, the hearings are, are narrowly focused on this very important and, and very obscure and complicated piece of legislation called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. It, it's very important because it, that law shields the uh, social media companies from liability for all the things that are on its platform. It's an important topic. It won't get resolved anytime soon. And I suspect they'll spend relatively little time talking about it in these hearings because what the members of Congress, in particular the Republicans, really want to do is beat up Twitter and Facebook over the you know perceived censorship on their platforms. Now, that is all related, right, in some ways. I mean, that's Section 230. It, you know, it says a, a few other things, I think, but the gist of it, just to summarize, I wrote it down, uh, no provider <laughs> or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or the speaker of the information provided by another information content provider. So that's a complicated way of saying that basically, um, you know, you're, you can't be held liable for this kind of stuff. And if they take that away, then you kind of connect the dots on the, the alleged conservative bias, right? That eventually could be big, big trouble for these companies in terms of how they operate. Well, that's right. I mean, they, the, the law gave them the same protection that telephone companies have. You know, we're just dumb pipes here sending stuff down the pipe. How can we possibly be responsible for it? But members of Congress on both sides of the aisle, by the way, point out, well, you're doing a lot more than just shoving things down your pipes. You are deciding when to remove things, when not to remove things. You have rules. You're acting a lot like a publisher. By the way, this is something I've been advocating for a long time, that we should treat them like publishers because they look a lot like publishers. <laughs> they do, actually. Um, you know, in the way the new way we've defined publishing, you could see It'd be interesting to see how they write that or what kind of agreement is um, is in that at the end. But this is the, the kind of the new way that we've been in for, for many, many years. How about the companies in terms of earnings? Because so that fits into the conversation we were having today about the sell-off down 650 on the Dow, but just a more aggressive sell-off even earlier in the day. Um, everybody's going to be looking at what they say now about the future, a future that might not have as much stimulus or, you know, uh, a future that might have another spike, it looks like, in the virus, either in Europe or both here in the United States. What about the companies in terms of their earnings and their stock prices? What would you say about that? Well, I think you'll see specific cases. So, uh, you know, a Apple, I wouldn't doubt, had a relatively muted quarter because, as we know, the new iPhones just came out. And so what we'll want to hear from them is, how's it looking so far? And what do you expect from your new slate of iPhones uh, going forward? Amazon you know, they they probably are doing just as well as they've been doing throughout the pandemic. Um, Facebook, you'll want to know, well, how are they affected by all this pressure that they're on? They're talking about pulling political advertising for some period of time. Uh, will that hurt the bottom line? I think going into it, Connell, everybody will thinking will be thinking about Netflix, which, as we know, had these two amazing quarters and said very loudly, we think we've pulled forward a lot of our new subscribers who are sitting at home twiddling their thumbs wanting to watch more more streaming television. And so they didn't have a great quarter, but they just reported. I think investors will be wondering if there was if there's a similar phenomenon for any of these other uh, tech behemoths. All right, big week for them. We'll follow it, especially on Wednesday and Thursday. Adam, thank you. You can read Adam Lashinsky now over at, uh, at Business Insider. Good thank to you, see Tom. you. Adam Lashinsky joins Oops. us right now on Monday afternoon. Business. So it seems that these publishers are coming to a standstill now, right? Because uh, social media is a big deal. But here's... Uh, <laughs> Tell us about the new iPhone. They don't look any different. Uh, I am just saying. But one thing that I noticed is um, 
this. Hold on. I noticed an advertisement of the new Oculus. Guess who it's by? Facebook. Apparently, our uh, virtual gaming is now owned by Facebook. Oculus is owned by Facebook. It seems, it seems that they're moving their brand. I want you guys to pay attention. Oculus that just, um, you know, released, and I'm, you know, I love games. I totally love games. Was like, what? Oculus uh, is owned by Facebook. And I'm thinking, okay, so they're making a shift. This is what this tells me. It's a shift, meaning that they're going to be abandoning their full rights to Facebook very soon. Facebook is going to be MySpace. I'm telling you that now. There is no Facebook. It needs to be more instantaneous. But uh, it's it's pretty interesting how we're seeing these things uh, move along and how they're shifting their investments and their time. That is what we need to be paying attention to, uh, that they're not putting all their, you know, eggs in one basket and they're moving over to the virtual reality gaming. Um, that's quite interesting. Now today, moving and shifting gears before we go for today, Justice Department arrested People for manufacturing guns. Now, on October 20th, 2020, three co-conspirators were arrested on the federal charge of conspiracy to unlawfully manufacture, possess, and distribute various weapons, ammunition, and suppressors. Liam Montgomery Collins, 21. Paul James, 35, recently of Boise, Idaho, were charged via indictment, while Jordan Duncan, 25, currently residing in Boise, was charged via a complaint. Both obtained in the Eastern District of North Carolina. Hmm. Collins and Duncans are former Marines assigned previously to Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina. According to court documents, Liam Montgomery Collins, age 21, and his co-defendant Paul James Krishkik, 35, from Bo Boise, used the conspiracy to enrich themselves and others by manufacturing and selling hard-to-obtain firearms and firearm parts in a manner that would hide these purchases from the federal government. From May 2019 to the present, Collins made multiple money transfers through his personal account to Krishkik to purchase firearms to include a 9mm pistol and made multiple money transfers through his personal account to purchase items from vendors to manufacture the firearms and suppressors. So they've been charged. Now, the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Boise Police Department, and the United States Postal Inspection Service, Naval Criminal Investigative Postal Inspection Service, right? ATF, you know, and Homeland Security are all investigating this case. Now, now, we know that all these crazy liberal movements have obtained weapons. Millie's going to be breaking that story where we have them dead 
to rights claiming it. It is a very big deal because they want blood, navel, why? There you go. Those are the questions that everyone should ask themselves. So are they sending things through the U.S. Postal Service? So why is the Navy Criminal Investigative Service all over this too? This is indeed, thank you, Fast and Furious Part 2 domestic version. That's what's up. So again, this is going to be pretty crazy. The world has gone crazy. Everyone has gone crazy. And unfortunately, you know, I've never, ever, ever, and I've said this before, never wanted to set the world on fire. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, someone had to put some fire under people's butts and set it up and spark it. Because you need to be that spark. You need to be taking that oath to yourself. I know you were born an American, but you can always take that oath of being, what is it called? Informed consent. That your vote is your informed consent. <laughs> now, I just want to see a quick clip of our president smiling and enjoying Justice Barrett swearing. I I loved him here. He loved it. I know you will make us all very, very proud as long as we are loyal to our founding and to our fellow citizens. America's future will be bright. America's destiny will be great. And America's people will forever and always be free. I now ask Justice Thomas to administer the oath. Thank you very much. I, Mimi Tony Barrett, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you all for being here tonight. And thank you, President Trump, for selecting me to serve as an Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. It's a privilege to be asked to serve my country in this office, and I stand here tonight truly honored and humbled. Thanks also to the Senate for giving its consent to my appointment. I am grateful for the confidence you have expressed in me, and I pledge to you and to the American people 
that I will discharge my duties to the very best of my ability. This was a rigorous confirmation process, and I thank all of you, especially Leader McConnell and Chairman Graham, for helping me to navigate it. My heartfelt thanks go to the members of the White House staff and Department of Justice who worked tirelessly to support me through this process. Your stamina is remarkable, and I have been the beneficiary of it. Jesse and I are also so grateful to the many people have supported, who have supported our family over these last several weeks. And they needed the support. And so there we have it, Justice Barrett being sworn in today in a private swear-in session with Chief Justice Roberts. Nail on the coffin, man. Nail on the coffin. So on that note, I'm going to bid you all a great evening, and I will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. I will be uh, publishing this on YouTube for those that want to rewatch it or whatever, but Twitch is the best. The chat is, like, awesome. I'll see you guys tomorrow. God bless. I don't want to set the world on Fire. I just want to start 